Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am Dr. Armen, Professor Armen Astvatsatrian from Yerevan, Armenia, and today we will talk about angina. So, uh, angina is coronary artery disease. Huh? Actually, once again, I want to remind you, to recall you that what is uh, actually angina or all this uh, understanding of coronary artery disease or all these diseases is the main chain. Let's start with the biggest, big, with the biggest box, or, or like in a Russian toy, you know, Matryoshka, the first toy, the biggest one, the biggest girl, right? The, so the first, the biggest box is metabolic syndrome. This is a metabolic syndrome. About metabolic syndrome, we've got once we will talk about this in one of the lectures. That's the, the principle. So the second toy, or you want, as you want, if is you have. For example, never seen this matryoshka in a box in the box, right? The second box, the smallest box, smaller than the first box, is atherosclerosis. And what is atherosclerosis? We will we talk about this. Atherosclerosis. Actually, another box is a coronary artery disease. So coronary artery disease is the is in the chain, the third, if you want, third box, or third toy. The first is metabolic syndrome, second is atherosclerosis, and third is a coronary artery disease. And after this we've got, uh, for example, angina. Now, actually we will talk about tomorrow some types, types of angina. Chronic diseases, actually. And after, this we've got acute coronary syndrome so another box so the, the, the same chain okay metabolic syndrome atherosclerosis coronary artery disease angina acute coronary syndrome myocardial infarction with or without st segment elevation doesn't matter this is actually part of acute coronary syndrome A stable unstable angina so now unstable angina is acute coronary syndrome Actually, there's doesn't big problem. Problem uh, anyway. After this, heart failure. So you, uh, this is continuum, so-called continuum, continuum. Okay. So today we talk about angina. So actually, when we talk about etiology, pathophysiology, uh, treatment, uh, prophylaxis or prevention, we talk about the same thing. as in metabolic syndrome, as in atherosclerosis, and as in angina. Well, of course, acute coronary syndrome, when we talk about first hours, it's uh, treatment of acute situation, so this emergency. But actually, generally, generally, this is the same, same problem. Get it? Good. Okay, so angina, what is is uh, angina pector is a clinical syndrome of precordial discomfort or pressure, pain due to transient myocardial ischemia without infarction. Uh, actually, infarction is uh, degradating. Actually, another part of evaluation of uh, this is continuum of uh, atherosclerosis, etc., etc., etc. So, this is a clinical syndrome of precordial discomfort or pressure due to transient myocardial ischemia without infarction, without acute coronary syndrome, pre-acute coronary syndrome. 
introduction of acute coronary syndrome is typically precipitated by exertion or physiologic stress and relieved by rest or sublingual nitroglycerin. Actually, this is a typical pain. Diagnosis is by symptoms, ECG and myocardial imaging. Treatment may include antiplatelet drugs, nitrates, beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors, statins, and coronary angioplasty or coronary artery bypass graft surgery. Etiology, let's talk about etiology. So once again we understand that this is the same etiology of all coronary artery disease problems. Okay? So coronary arteries. So first box was metabolic syndrome, second box was atherosclerosis, then we've got coronary artery disease, then we've got another box is angina. So another one will be acute coronary syndrome, but we talk about acute coronary syndrome in several lectures. So I will give you a link for this. Angina pectoris occurs when uh, cardiac workload and resultant, resultant myocardial oxygen demand exceeded the ability of coronary arteries to supply an adequate amount of oxygenated blood such imbalance between, uh, between supply and demand can occur when the arteries, when the arteries are narrowed. Narrowing usually results from coronary artery atherosclerosis, but may result from coronary artery spasm or rarely coronary artery embolism. Actually, we will talk about this, but remember that even coronary artery spasm, it's not in absolutely normal artery doesn't exist. Acute coronary thrombosis can cause angina if obstruction of is partial or transient, but it usually causes acute myocardial infarction. Acute myocardial infarction. Huh? So about acute myocardial infarction, we'll, we'll talk. We talked actually about an acute coronary syndrome. Okay, uh, but uh, not now, huh? not now. Okay, uh, we'll once again, once again in another lectures. Why not? Several times, but not once again. Because myocardial oxygen demand is determined mainly by heart rate. Heart rate is the principle. That is why we use stress test, actually. Huh? You remember stress test, I, I suppose. Okay, anyway, I will put the link to remind you. So, uh, because myocardial oxygen demand is determined mainly by heart rate, systolic wall tension, and contractility, narrowing of a coronary artery typically results in angina that occurs during exertion and is relieved by rest for t in typical situation. In addition to exertion, cardiac workload can be workload can be increased by disorders such as hypertension aortic stenosis, aortic regurgitation, or hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Of course, hypertension is the most common. In such cases, angina can result whether arteriosclerosis, hemodynamically uh, obvious, is present or not. These disorders can also decrease relative myocardial perfusion, perfusion because myocardial mass is, is increased, causing decreased diastolic flow. Diastolic flow, diastolic dysfunction. 
a decreased oxygen supply as in severe anemia or hypoxia can precipitate or aggravate angina. So we fix it, right? Now about pato. Pathophysiology of angina pectoris is the same of all coronary artery disease or lateral sclerosis situations. But we actually divided angina, angina by two types, stable and unstable. Stable, unstable actually enter in uh, uh, acute coronary uh, acute coronary syndrome, but I will try to talk about unstable angina one of the uh, next lectures. So, in stable angina, stable, the relationship between workload and demand and ischemia is usually relatively predictable. Yes, so even patient know, but for example, he goes uh, upstairs and on the third floor, it's got problems. So, he know that, he, he knows that and uh, doesn't uh, precipitate. <coughs> doesn't uh, yes doesn't do this unstable angina unstable angina is uh, clinically worsening in China for example angina at rest or with increasing frequency and intensity or intensity of uh, episodes atherosclerotic arterial narrowing is not entirely fixed it varies with the normal fluctuations in arterial tone that occur in all people. In all people. Fluctuations in arterial tone that occur uh, that in arterial tone that occur in all people. Thus, more people have angina in the morning. It's a very, very common situation when arterial tone is relatively high. Also, abnormal endothelium function may contribute to variations in arterial tone. For example, in the endothelium damaged by ateroma, stress of, of a catecholamine surge uh, causes vasoconstriction rather than dilation, normal response. As the myocardium becomes, becomes ischemic, coronary sinus blood pH falls, pH falls, cellular potassium is lost, lactate accumulates, ECG abnormalities appear, and ventricular function, both systolic and diastolic, deteriorates. First of all, of course, diastolic dysfunction. Left ventricle diastolic pressure usually increases during angina, not usually, always increasing during angina, sometimes, in the, sometimes, sometimes inducing pulmonary congestion and dyspnea. That is why, actually, dyspnea during exertion is one of the symptoms of angina. The exact mechanism by which ischemia causes discomfort is unclear, but may involve nerve stimulation by hypoxic metabolites. So, about symptoms and signs of angina pectoris. Angina may be vague, barely troublesome, huh? a ache of Troublesome ache or may rapidly become a severe, intense precordial crushing sensation. I this this precordial crushing sensation, crushing sensation is very typical. But some uh, it's rarely described as a pain pain. You know, uh, discomfort is most commonly felt beneath the sternum. 
although location varies to so the typical pain. But in typical pain, beneath the sternum, in crushing sensation, this comfort may radiate to the left shoulder and down to the inside of the left arm, even to the fingers, straight through to the back, into the throat, uh, jaws and teeth, and occasionally down the inside, the inside uh, of the right arm, but occasionally. It may also be felt in the upper abdomen, especially when we've got problems with right coronary artery. Why? Because right coronary artery, so actually this is an inferior wall, uh, it's also the ass, <laughs> the back of the heart, the heart is sitting on the diaphragm, and diaphragm is on the stomach, right? The discomfort of the angina is never above the ears and below the umbilicus, so from, the, from ear to umbilicus, it might be coronary artery disease pain, might be angina pectoris. So, atypical angina, for example, with uh, bloating, gas, abdominal, abdominal distress may occur, and it's not a very uh, unusual situation. These patients uh, with angina pectoris, atypical angina pectoris, often, uh, often ascribe, symptoms to uh, ascribe symptoms to indigestion indigestion sorry actually uh, why not because uh, very often in this situation not just in an atypical angina uh, pain or discomfort occurs after eating so uh, this patient often uh, ascribes symptoms to indigestion you know, to indigestion belching yeah yeah Привет, Манашджан. Горзи меч, лекция мечем. So sorry, yeah. <coughs> I'm so sorry, yes. So, uh, belching may even seem to relieve the symptoms. <coughs> so, I talk about belching. And it starts. So belching may even seem to relieve the symptoms. Other patients have dyspnea due to the sharp reversible increase and left ventricle feeling pressure that often accompanies ischemia. Frequently the patient's description is imprecise and whether the problem is angina, dyspnea or both may be difficult to determine. But actually we can say that this is a so we ask them, is this angina or dyspnea and it's difficult to determine? Yes. So we can put equivalence, equivalence between angina equal to dyspnea. Especially during exertion, physical exertion, physical stress. Because ischemic symptoms require a minute or more to resolve, brief fleeting sensation rarely uh, represent angina. Between and even during attack of angina, physical findings may be normal. However, during the attack, heart rate increased modestly, blood pressure is often elevated, and heart sounds become more distant, and the apical, apical impulse is more diffuse. The second heart sound may become paradoxical, because left ventricle ejection is more prolonged during an ischemic attack. A fourth heart sound is a common and third heart sound may develop a might or late systolic epical murmur shrill or blowing but not especially loud 
may occur if ischemia causes localized papillary muscle dysfunction, causing mitral regurgitation. Angina pectoris is typically triggered by exertion or strong emotion, usually persists no more than a few minutes and subsides with rest. Response to exertion is usually predictable. But in some patients, exercise that is tolerated one day may precipitate angina the next because of variations in the arterial tone. Symptoms are exaggerated when exertion follows a meal or occurs in cold weather. Yes. Especially, for example, go to restaurant, to cafeteria, eat very good, and uh, go, go uh, through, for example, home, go throughout. Outdoors. So you go outdoors and after a good meal and a cold weather with wind. And it, and it happened very often. Or, for example, first snow in uh, first snow, uh, a, typical, uh, a typical first snow, and your neighbor said, Hey, can, could you pu pu please push my car? Huh? Ah, with, actually, we, we will talk about this in Canadian cardiovascular classification system over in China. So, walking into the wind or first contact with cold air after leaving a warm room may precipitate in a heart attack. So, symptom severity, symptom severity is uh, often classified by the degree of exertion resulting in this angina. <coughs> uh, attacks may vary from a several a day to a symptoms-free intervals of weeks, months or years. Attacks may increase in frequency called crescendo angina, increased, leading to so the, the myocardial infarction or even death. Or, or gradually decrease, decrescendo, huh? decrease or disappear if adequate collateral coronary circulation develops. If the ischemia area, if the if the ischemic area infarcts, or if heart failure is intermittent claudication, subprevents and limits activity. Subprevents, ah, or if heart failure or intermittent intermittent claudication subprevents and limits prevents and limits activity. Okay, so nocturnal, so-called nocturnal angina. Nocturnal angina may occur if a dream causes a striking change, changes in respiration, pulse rate, and blood pressure. For example, uh, sleep apnea. Sleep apnea. Yeah. <coughs> Actually, one of the symptoms of this sleep apnea. <coughs> Nocturnal angina may also be a sign of recurrent left ventricle failure, an equivalent of nocturnal dyspnea. A recurrent left ventricle failure is an equivalent of nocturnal dyspnea. The recumbent position, recumbent position increases venous return, preload, huh? stretching the myocardium and increasing wall stress, which increases, in his turn, oxygen demand. Okay? This is nocturnal angina. And this goes with horrors, uh, 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 dreaming, uh, awful dreaming. Sensation of uh, death during night and 
If God wants, you may be awake. What to do? What to do? So go to the toilet, piece just a little, to go to peace and drink a good cup of water. Especially in uh, diabetes mellitus. Okay, angina decubitus. Or angina decubitus in Latin, Latin term, of course. Uh, angina decubitus. Angina decubitus, angina decubitus, is an angina that occurs spontaneously, spontaneously during rest. It's usually combined by a modestly increased heart rate and sometimes markedly higher blood pressure, which increase oxygen demand. So these increases may be the cause of rest angina or the rest of or the result of ischemia induces by plaque rupture and thrombus formation. If angina is not relieved and met myocardial oxygen demand increases further, making myocardial infarction more more likely. Okay, now about Canadian Cardiovascular Society classification system of angina for angina pectoris. So class one. Class one, first class, huh? activities that triggers the chest pain or discomfort. That is in class one. Canadian society. Stenous rapid or prolonged exertion, not usual physical activities. For example, walking, climbing stairs for the person that uh, never uh, goes upstairs. Unusual physical activities for the for this person. Not for you, huh? for, for the patient. <laughs> so second uh, class of Canadian cardiovascular society, uh, activities that triggers this chest pain is walking rapidly, walking uphill, climbing stairs rapidly, walking or climbing stairs after meals, cold, wind, and uh, emotional stress. Walking even one or two blocks at usual pace and on level ground. This is a third class now. I'm talking about third class. Huh? Third class is a walking even or... So once again, huh? okay, class two, walking rapidly, walking uphill, uh, climbing stairs rapidly, walking on or climbing stairs after meals, climbing stairs after meals, cold, wind and emotional stress. Third class activities that triggering chest pain, walking even one or two blocks at usual pace and on level ground, climbing stairs even one flight, any physical activity, about third class, walking even one or two blocks at usual pace and on level ground, and climbing stairs even one flight. This is third class. So fourth class, ex even we can talk about unstable angina, but because actually fourth class is a, is the border between unstable to unstable. Fourth as any physical activity, sometimes occurring at rest. So fourth class, actually we can talk about unstable angina. So unstable angina <coughs> actually we uh, talk about uh, talked about we have talked about this in uh, acute coronary syndrome and we will talk once again about unstable, unstable angina just in some words unstable angina uh, what is unstable because unstable 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 because angina characteristics are usually predictable for a given patient any changes, any changes, it's very important to understand. For example, rest angina, class 4, uh, Canadian society. 
neons and angina. Increasing angina should be considered serious, especially when the angina is severe. Huh? Uh, up mentioned, above mentioned, Canadian Cardiovascular Society, class 3 or 4. So, such changes are termed unstable angina and require prompt evaluation and treatment. So, unstable angina, actually, this is acute coronary syndrome. But anyway, we will talk about this situation uh, in another lecture, if our gut wants. Okay? Because silent, uh, stable angina is a severe situation. So actually, silent ischemia. Let's talk about silent ischemia. Okay. What is silent ischemia? Or silent ischemia, up to you. Huh? Silent ischemia, patients with coronary artery disease, particularly patients with diabetes, may have ischemia without symptoms. Not only diabetes. Patients with diabetes, of course. Of course, patients with uh, past myocardial infarction, patients with heart failure, patients with arterial hypertension, uh, etc. But this is the most common. Okay, diabetes, of course, may most common. So may have ischemia without uh, symptoms. Silent ischemia sometimes manifests a transient mysymptomatic ST segment abnormalities seen seen during stress testing or 24 hours ultra monitoring. Radionuclide studies can sometimes document asymptomatic, if you do this, of course, radionuclide studies. So, radionuclide studies can sometimes document asymptomatic myocardial ischemia during physical or mental stress. Silent ischemia and angina pectoris may coexist, coexist, occurring at different, occurring at different times. So, one period is silent ischemia, another period is uh, obvious angina pectoris. So, prognosis depends on severity of the coronary artery disease. <coughs> and about diagnosis. So, I'm uh, understanding that this is diagnosis of atherosclerosis, actually. Huh? Diagnosis. Diagnosis. <coughs> so, typical symptoms, ECG, stress testing with ECG, or imaging using echocardiography, radionuclide imaging, or MRI, <coughs> coronary angiography for significant symptoms or positive stress test. Diagnosis of angina is suspected if chest discomfort is typical and is precipitated by exertion and relieved by rest. Presence in the history of significant risk factors for coronary artery disease adds weight to reported symptoms. To reported symptoms. Patients whose chest discomfort lasts more than 20 minutes or occurs during rest or who have syncope or heart failure are evaluated for an acute coronary syndrome. So, about syncope, I will give you a link. Huh? Chest discomfort may also caused by gastrointestinal disorders, for example, gastroesophageal reflux. And it's and so, uh, or evaluate for an acute coronary syndrome. Yes, of course. Patients, I'm sorry, uh, patients uh, whose chest discomfort lasts more than 20 minutes occurs during rest or who have syncope or heart failure are evaluated for an acute coronary syndromes. Uh, chest discomfort may also be, may also cause gastrointestinal disorders. Yes, but um, the, they talked to me about. Why? Uh, okay, uh, about let's talk about uh, 
silent ischemia, we talk about silent ischemia, let's talk about syndrome X. Okay, if you ask, <coughs> okay, so let's uh, start with variant angina and syndrome X, uh, principal angina, and uh, next lecture we'll, we will start with diagnosis more carefully. Okay, okay. So variant angina. What is variant angina? Actually, this is, uh, is angina pectoris, secondary to epicardial coronary artery spasm. Symptoms include angina at rest and rarely goes with exertion. Diagnosis is by ECG <coughs> and provocative testing with ergonovine or acetylcholine. Ergonovine acetylcholine. Treatment is with, with calcium channel blockers and some lingual nitroglycerin. So many patients with variant angina, with variant angina, uh, also have significant fixed obstruction of at least one major coronary artery. Patients with mild or no fixed obstructions have better long-term outcomes than patients with associated severe fixed obstructions. Symptoms of, uh, of variant angina are anginal discomfort occurring mainly during rest, often at night, and only rarely and inconstantly during exertion, unless significant coronary uh, artery obstruction is also present. Attacks of variant angina tend to occur regularly at certain times of day. So diagnosis of diagnosis of variant angina, provocative testing with ergonovine or acetylcholine, ergonovine, acetylcholine during angiography. This is diagnosis of variant angina. Diagnosis is of these situations of this uh, uh, disease, the variant angina is suspected if ST segment elevation occurs during the attack. Between anginal attacks, the ECG may be normal or show a stable abnormal pattern, but this is of course not an aneurysm. Confirmation is provocative tests with ergonovine or acetylcholine, which may precipitate coronary artery uh, spasm. Coronary artery spasm uh, is identified by finding significant anti-segment elevation on ECG or by observation of a reversible spasm during cardiac catheterization. Testing is done most commonly in a cardiac catheterization laboratory. And treatment of variant angina is a calcium channel blocker, some liquid nitroglycerin, and range survival, a very survival at as five years is 89 to 87%, but mortality risk is greater for patients with both variant angina and atherosclerotic coronary artery obstruction. Risk increases with increasing obstruction. Usually, some liquid nitroglycerin promptly relieves variant angina. Just nitroglycerin. Calcium channel blockers may effectively prevent symptoms, theoretically, but just theoretically. Beta blockers may exacerbate spasm by allowing an, an opposed alpha-adrenergic vasoconstriction, but actually this effect has not been proven clinically, never. Okay? And syndromix, micro, not uh, Manix, uh, syndromix, microvascular angina. So syndromix is a cardiac micro, microvascular dysfunction or constriction causing angina in patients with normal epicardial coronary arteries on angiography. Patients with cardiac syndrome 
X have typical angina that is relieved by rest or nitroglycerin, normal coronary arteriograms, for example, no atherosclerosis, so no severe atherosclerosis, embolism, or inducible arterial spasm. Some of these patients we have ischemia detected during stress testing, others do not. In some patients, that cause of ischemia seemed, seems to be reflex intramyocardial coronary constriction and reduced coronary flow reserve. Other patients have microvascular dysfunction within their myocardium. The abnormal vessels do not dilate in response to exercise or other cardiovascular stressors. Sensitivity to cardiac pain may also be increased. This disorder shouldn't be confused with variant angina, above mentioned, due to epicardial coronary spasm or with another disorder also called syndrome X, which is refers to the metabolic syndrome. But metabolic syndrome base of the basis. With this in, uh, inflammation, we will talk in another lectures, if God wants. Prognosis is better than for patients with demonstrable coronary artery disease, although symptoms of ischemia may recur for years. The mainstay of treatment is controlling so syndrome X, uh, microvascular angina, you know, microvascular angina. The, main, the mainstay of treatment is controlling risk factors with lipid-lowering therapy and glycemic control. In, in many patients, traditional anti-ischemic treatment, including beta blockers and calcium channel blockers, helps to relieve symptoms. <coughs> okay, uh, this is first. This was first part of uh, angina. So, what can I talk in conclusion? So, to be continued, actually. Thanks for your attention. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe and follow our channel, Healthcare and Education. And this is very, very um, primordial if you want. Make your donations, please. Don't forget to make your donations because we, ex because we exist due to your donations. This, this is not exaggeration. We really exist due to your this channel, of course, due to your donations. So, don't forget to follow this channel to make your donations. Please, it will be highly appreciated. So, how to make these donations? You can find in description of this video in YouTube. So, see you in other lectures. Bye and God, God bless you. Bye.